if I have to hear one more person talk about the stock market, I'm just going to kill myself in front of them. Because it seems like that's the only way to get these people to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why does every guy ranging age 18 to 30 think they're the wolf of Wall Street? Uh, hey dude, investing $30 into Apple does not make you Jordan Belfort. Being able to explain the GameStop situation does not make you Warren Buffett. And I'm not saying you shouldn't invest. You should. But why does that automatically make you an expert on it? Why does that automatically give you a pass to talk to me like I'm a third grader and you're teaching finance at Cornell? They just go and they go and they go and they do not stop until you agree with them and tell them that they're smart. You have to say that. Well, dude, I think that's I, that's really smart and, you know, I'm probably going to probably gonna invest here pretty soon too. And it's like a wave of relaxation comes over them. Like, ah, uh, yes, I'm right. Yes. <laughs> and like nine times out of ten, I'll just like sit through it and let them keep going. But sometimes I just can't, dude, and I'll have to go. So if you don't mind my asking... Uh, how much how much you pull in so far and almost every time they go well you know two months ago i put in a hundred dollars and i still i could take the hundred dollars out like whenever i want you know it's robin hood you should check it out and uh you know in the past two months i've already made seven dollars and 36 cents you did no way are you serious hey man can i come on your yacht C could I borrow your guest mansion next month? Oh, hey, bro, do you think you could hit up Elon? I'm trying to chill with him, dude. And the way you're talking, you've got to know him. <laughs> it's not that serious, man. It's, it's like all my friends that talk about this shit, too. My best friend and my cousin, they, you know, they don't, they don't really go off on it like that. But when people do, I'm just like, oh. Like, I know, dude. I don't invest because I don't have any fucking money. <laughs> like, I need the $100, okay? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess I, I'm just really pissed off right now, man. I've had a rough, rough go at recording this episode. I haven't had this, tr this much trouble since episode one, dude. Um, I was using Vocaru, and it just kept stopping and freezing and shit, so... I went and downloaded this voice recorder app off of uh, the Google Play Store. It's not great. I'm pretty sure an ad is going to come up in the middle of it, and then I'm just going to commit multiple homicides. I'm just going to slam the laptop down, beat myself in the face with it eight times, and go out and cause mayhem. I swear to God, if this recording gets fucked up again, I'm going to turn into the Joker. I'm actually just going to lose my mind. Because, you know, you try to, when something happens like that, you try and, you try and pull yourself up. But, I mean, I lost my cool last night. I lost my cool last night. You know, sometimes in life, you're just going to lose. You, you might be really feeling yourself. You might be on a roll. And then life just comes along and sticks its 
dirty middle finger up your asshole. And you just, sometimes you're just going to lose. Even, dude, even the greatest quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion right now, if I had to pick one to be on the Vikings, it would be Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes lost. He was on a roll. He thought nothing could take him down. They were the, the favorites, I believe, going into it. And much like Patrick Mahomes' body, my hands are destroyed right now. I haven't had that much anger since Blair Walsh missed the 27-yarder against the Seahawks to go to the playoffs. That caused me to relapse on Oxycontin. That's the first time I've ever seen my dad cry. That was a bad day, okay? The recording, the, the recording fuck-ups were, were not near that anger. But I, again, I have not punched anything since I was 17 years old. And my hands right now are fucked up, dude. I got the, you know, I got that type of skin where it's like any time in the winter, it might as well be paper. I just totally lost it. Um, I got about 25 minutes into a recording last night, and it, I was really feeling it. Like, it was good, man. I was really flowing, and I was talking about something I was so excited about. Um, I stopped to take a piss, and I went to go and save the episode when I came back. If you've never used Vocaro before, God bless you. You have more than two brain cells. Fuck me in half forever using that shit. Fuck you, Vocaro. But what when you stop recording, there's two options. Um, you can either click the button that says upload, or you can click the one that says save and share. The past three times that I've recorded an episode has been on, a voc- on Vocaro, and I've clicked save and share. This time I accidentally clicked upload deletes the recording and pulls up the files from my Chromebook. Who the fuck thought of that? If I could meet up with that person that came up with that feature, I'd punch him directly in the face. I'd punch him in the nuts. How could you think that that's not going to drive somebody absolutely crazy? How could you How could you think people are still going to use your service after something like that happens? Fuck you. After that, I tried to record two more times, and I was just so angry that I couldn't do it. I mean, I was so angry I couldn't speak. Like, it was like one of those, you know when you're actually about to snap, and your voice starts getting shaky like that? Mine does. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a pussy. But um, I that was happening, and I couldn't record. Okay, so <laughs> I try. I was like, you know what? I'll just relax for a second. I'll try it again in an hour. I really wanted to put this episode out. It was going well. I can do this, man. I'm an adult. I just had a fucking temper tantrum like a toddler. Get it together, dude. So I I go and I try to record for the fourth time. And I get four minutes into it. And it's going okay. It wasn't going as good as the first one. It's going okay, though. All of a sudden, the panel at our front desk starts beeping. It starts beeping every six hours because we haven't reset our system or something like that. So it asks you every X amount of hours to go reset it. And it just lined up so perfectly. And the rage that I felt when that first recording got botched did not compare to the fourth time that it got botched. I beat the shit out of that panel. I cracked the screen. I got fiberglass in my fingers. 
All because I lost my cool. I have about a day and a half before somebody discovers that, and I have to deny the whole thing. What? I I don't know. Uh, I've just been here at night. I'll say something like that. <laughs> oh, man. I tried to record again today, and the same, the same shit happened. Like, it just straight up froze on seven minutes, and... This time I was able to keep it down because if I punch more shit, it's actually just going to fuck. Like, I might have to get work on my hand because it's – anytime I uh, grip something, it starts bleeding again. <laughs> the anger. And I think part of what it was is I was coming off such a good day. Like, I had such a good day the day before. It was uh, – so this happened yesterday. It was Monday, and the day before that was the Super Bowl, and that was – I think that was the most I enjoyed a Super Bowl in my life. Um, I did use some performance enhancers. I took a little mushrooms. And I said mushrooms. I didn't say shrooms. You can't prove shit. All right, TJ Legacy, you can't prove it. I know I know you're pre-recording these, dude. Once we find somebody to edit out your nickname in the second episode, I will. I promise. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> totally off point. I took some mushrooms for the Super Bowl, and it was great, man. Um, it was definitely a roller coaster. So if you've never, if you've never really experienced psychedelics before, if you don't have a lot of experience with them, it's just so weird. Because maybe this is my own brain being weird. I feel like the universe straight up just puts them in your hands. Sometimes, I have been looking for mushrooms since literally. Had to have been September now, and we couldn't find anything, dude. We couldn't find any type of psychedelics, and um, I finally got them. I had no idea I was getting them that day. It just always happens like that. My buddy, he didn't have to do this at all. He took time out of his day to find some for me. He texts me. He's like, hey, can you meet with this guy right now? This dude's not making any money off of it. And he, uh, he's like, uh, just tell him where you're at. He'll come drop it off, which... I mean, the only people that will drop off $20 worth of shit is Uber Eats. Like, God bless this dude. Excuse me. Not only did he show up very quickly very quickly, and for no extra cost, he gave me three and a half grams for 20 bucks. God bless that dude, man. And I won't give any details about him because, you know... It's a pretty popular podcast, man. We get about 50 listeners <laughs> per episode, so can't really say anything about it, but I don't know why I just did that. I'm sorry. That was douchey <laughs> and not funny, but it was amazing, the Super Bowl. I got them about an hour before the game, the mushrooms, and um, this guy pulls up. You know, He gives me them, and I was so excited that I just started... I got back, and my cousin didn't want me to bring him in the house because he's got kids and stuff, and I totally get that. So I'm freezing my ass off on the deck, and I'm like, can you get me a couple orange shoes? He brings me some orange shoes. I tear up the mushrooms. I put them in there, and I'm just choking this stuff down. He's watching me like, look at my fucking degenerate cousin. Thank God our grandmother has never seen this. <laughs> But no, he's totally cool about that shit. And um, I guess I didn't notice because I was so excited on how much I was putting in there. And something told him. The guy has zero experience with psychedelics. He's seen a lot of people do drugs, but I mean, around here, it's all the bad shit, you know? So he hasn't seen a whole lot of people do 
acid or mushrooms or anything like that. And something told him, he goes, dude, that looks like a lot. Why don't, why don't you just save some? And if he hadn't done that, man, oh, my God. <laughs> so basically, I'm shoveling mushrooms into this fucking orange juice. He goes, all right, dude, I think that's enough. Maybe you just keep those out here. Take them home when you leave. I was like, you know what? I am going to do that. Um, so I, mm, I probably put around two grams into the orange juice. And if you don't know, psychedelics, man, if you haven't taken them in a while, they're going to punch you directly in the mouth, dude. I mean, if it's been over two months, the, they're, the psychedelics are going to be Ray Rice and buddy, you're about to go on the elevator. <laughs> That was so bad. I I shouldn't have said that. Fuck Ray Rice. He's a piece of shit. That was a bad joke. But you're just going to it's just going to fuck you up, man. It's going to it's going to get you. Um and it seems like I get so excited about about these that like when I find them that I seem to forget this every time. I seem to forget every time that you should probably if it's been a minute, hey, just take a gram, dude. Don't take a two. You're trying to watch the Super Bowl, not not connect with a person from another time. Why why wouldn't you just do a half a gram? That's what I should have done, you know, because Okay, so basically I, I got them about an hour before kickoff. I shovel them into the orange juice, slam the orange juice, gag it down. And it's got that little creep up. It's just creeping and creeping and creeping. And for anybody that's never done them, it's hard to explain. It just sorta sets in at one particular moment like it's a build-up a build-up a build-up and then it flatlines and then it, whoa you know um so i started feeling it at kickoff i started really it started kicking in right and then gronk rob gronkowski caught that touchdown pass and it just sparked the whole thing it's hard to explain for anybody that doesn't follow sports really well but Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, two of the biggest names in NFL history. And once you, your whole life, have been watching them on the same team just dominate with the Patriots, when you see them in a completely different jersey on another team, watching a play happen in the Super Bowl that you literally saw when you were like nine, it blows your mind, especially when you're on mushrooms. You're like, holy shit, dude. And, I, you know, just the sheer magic that that guy has like i was just like holy fuck you know it started hitting me really hard then um from there it got kind of bad i started regretting it at that point because i completely forgot how football worked for the rest of the half it literally i entered the depths of hell somewhere around halfway through the second quarter i have never in my life on psychedelics had a vision before. I straight up had, I saw the darkest thing that I have ever seen in my life. And it was so upsetting that I don't, I almost didn't even want to bring it up on the, on the podcast. But to explain just how bad I was feeling in that first half. And again, that you know. I'm in front of two kids and and three people who have never done psychedelics before. And one person that would get really pissed at me if I freaked out. So I'm sitting there just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Saying that in my head but trying to keep cool, right? 
And I keep spiraling, 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 spiraling into this panic. And it's happened before. And I, every time I've told myself, it's okay, man. You're just coming up. As soon as this plateaus, you're going to be feeling great. But in my life, I have never had it be this intensely bad for this long. I felt like I was going to shit and puke myself while I was going crazy. It lasted for a good two hours. And the vision I had was very rough. Um, I can't tell you how long this was that this went on for. It was very vivid and very disturbing. At one point, all I could see, I couldn't see what was happening in front of me. I just saw a vision of two parents finding their kid dead. And I've never had something in my life like that happen to me before, where I've experienced, I felt like I was truly watching somebody else's perspective. It felt like, if you've ever read, read the book, The Giver, one of the best books I've ever read. It's about a, like, I guess a, a dystopian future where everyone has a job that they're really good at and they're all sort of like science fiction e jobs and one of the guys he's chosen to be the giver and he has to take on all of the painful thoughts of everybody in, in his community i think they said there's like a hundred people left alive or something like that in the book that might be wrong but he has to accept all the pain for these people He's just the one guy that anything that's bad happens, he feels all the pain instead of the people. And it was almost like that. Like, I straight up had a vision of these two parents finding their kid dead. And I saw the dad just collapse to his knees and fall onto his face. And it, it was just completely silent. I'll never forget that part. And I just remember thinking it would be so painful that you would just be puking and fainting and crying over and over again. And I don't know if, if I'm thankful for that vision or if it really upset me. Because I have not experienced something that intense before. And if that would have happened to a person that had never tripped, this was probably my 50th trip. If that had never happened before... I mean, it, you know, if I hadn't experienced and just been able to tell myself, hey, this is just, this is just the mushrooms, like, you're not actually witnessing this, I mean, it would be so fucked up. I, I, it, like, I remember details from it. I remember what the guy's face looked like. It was a white couple in their 30s, and they were outside, and it was fall. And I've never seen these people in my life. Just so insane. And it, I was doing so bad at this point um, that my later on in the night, um, my cousin's fiance told me, she's like, well, it was really that bad? I mean, I could tell that something was off with you, but we couldn't tell that you were actually having a bad trip. What, what was it like, she asked. And I said, if I had to describe it, that's what I feel like it would be to be like in hell. That's what I feel like hell is like. A bad trip. Just You're just never going to get out of it. And I don't necessarily believe in heaven and hell, or I don't know if I do, but if I had to explain the concept to somebody, I think that's how I'd do it. Because it was just this sheer terror, horror, 
the feeling of, oh, dude, I've never felt like this before. Am I going to come back from this? It was just very bad. I, I mean, that's how I would imagine it feels to suffer eternally. Like, holy shit. And then the halftime show came. And the weekend said, no. He said, no. You're going to enjoy this fucking Super Bowl, motherfucker. It felt like the motherfucker grabbed me by the hand and pulled me back to reality. I'm telling you, I was, so I was peeking. This is why I say the universe sometimes just has to put these things in your hand, right? It just has to be that way because the second I started truly peeking, where it starts plateauing a little bit and you start to feel better than worse, the fucking weekend comes on with the best halftime show that has ever happened. And if you disagree, you're a bitch, okay? That was the coolest shit I have ever seen. If I was there live, I would have started crying. I'm not fucking kidding. That opening where he's in the car and they move the camera, everything is set up. So if you didn't understand that part, I feel like I'm mansplaining a little bit here. I'm not trying to. If you didn't understand that part, basically they set up all of those different props at different positions, like like far away from each other, so that when they move the camera angle, it all comes apart. And he steps out of that weird car, and it shows the whole city, and it's, dude, seeing that on Mushrooms truly was one of the greatest experiences of my life. The weekend, I mean, as it is, is so good. He's so good already. I, I love the dude, right? But now... I'm a fucking, I'm a stan. Now, after that, I just can't even believe it. And what was really cool for me is I was with two people that have, like I said, never done psychedelics, really don't have a whole lot of experience before. I think I'm probably one of the only people they've seen trip. So it's just very unlikely that they're ever going to, which, I mean, sucks. But you have to respect that if people don't want to do it, right? So it was very cool for me to have them see my reaction and then see what was on the screen. Because, because that show explained psychedelics well. The, the halftime show, ex just I didn't explain it. It's just like when he's walking around in that gold-lighted elevator and he's, oh, he's dis, like, disoriented walking around, bumping into walls and then all those people in the white masks and the red suits run in they just looked at me and they understood. They're like, that is trippy. I'm not even I'm not, I kind of get what he's going through right now and why he's like, this is so cool. At least I think they got that, maybe. Um... Yeah, I just I just think that that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. And it kind of upsets me that that other people were like, "Eh, you know, I don't eh, the sound quality wasn't great." Which that that part I couldn't tell while I was tripping, but that part was probably not great. I and that seems to happen at every Super Bowl. The performance, dude. I mean, my god, my jaw was on the floor the entire time. What I experienced there was true euphoria. Like, that was so fucking cool for me. And t just talking about it, again, put me in a better mood, bro. Like, I, I was in such a fucking bad mood. 
right before I started recording this, and then just thinking about that, I was like, fuck, that was really awesome. And I think that's going to be a tradition from now on. I'm definitely not doing two grams again, but maybe next year I'll do a gram or a half a gram. And we'll see how it goes, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, one thing I've never experienced before that I found so interesting, I always think about, like... I have a lot of experiences on psychedelics. Like, if you name something, there's a good chance I've done it before while tripping. I've never smelled pizza before while I was high. (laughs) That is the worst smell ever, dude. And it took everything for me to not mention it. Because, of course, I'm just sitting in a room full of people eating pizza, right? And it just smells like a carcass. Like, that's what it smelled like. The smell was so intense, I was like... Oh, god damn, bro. <laughs> but, you know, I got over it. Um, it's nice to have tripped a bunch of times already and just be able to be like, yeah, I, I can deal with this, you know? That's how I got through the whole first part of it was just being like, I've been through this before. Even if this is the most intense one, I'm going to get through it. And that would be my recommendation to anybody that tries them for the first time or you know, just has a bad trip, just tell yourself, dude, you're going to get through this. Like, this is how it's supposed to be in the beginning of the trip. You're going to be fine. Um, man, let's talk about the second fucking half. So, at this point, I'm still tripping pretty hard, right? Except it's not anything like the beginning of it. I've now plateaued, and I'm now sort of at the peak where everything is feeling perfect, dude. Feeling at one with the fucking universe. Like, when you're in that second half, that good feeling, like, you actually feel like you've got shit figured out or something. And I could tell um, I was annoying the shit out of my cousin and his fiance because every big play, I would jump up in the air and be like, Oh! Oh, fuck! Oh! (coughs) Excuse me. And you know when, no, like, they would never try and ruin my trip by being like dude can you calm down a little bit they wouldn't do that because they're great and they have a lot of experience on people being fucked up but you know when somebody like looks at you and you can tell they're getting annoyed as fuck (laughs) they did that and i love them so much and i'm so comfortable around them that i didn't give a fuck and i don't give a fuck now and i'll do it again It just makes me laugh because there's so many other people in my life that I'd be like, man, maybe I was kind of annoying. And I just, I'm so close with these people. Like, this is like one of the first relationships in my life like that where I just don't even give a fuck. I'm like, I'll do it again, man. I might take some Molly over there next weekend. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was the second half. I just want to talk about Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are two different types of quarterbacks. And, you know, you should actually, you should listen to somebody break it down the correct way because it is very interesting. But a fun way, I think, to think about it is literally Tom Brady has magic. There's there's just no way at that age to do it that consistently. He has magic. I mean, the dude is amazing. But then... And, you, you know, you're watching that and you're like, I can't believe this, dude. This is so fucking crazy. But then you watch Patrick Mahomes, and the guy is throwing the ball upside down. 
There was a play, I can't remember which one happened first. There was two that actually made me fall on the ground. It was so fucking cool. There was, I think the first one was, the Chiefs had the ball at maybe the Tampa Bay 40. And Patrick Mahomes is scrambling back. There's four defenders chasing him down. He's scrambling, he's turning back, he's turning back, he's turning back. Back and forth, over and over again. Just continuing to go backwards until he reaches his own 30 on his back foot. Probably his non-dominant foot. He's falling backwards as he's almost being hit. He's being shoved. Launches the ball to the corner of the back of the end zone. And I can't remember who it was, but they just barely missed it. I literally, I jumped in the air and just fell to the ground. It was so fucking cool to see that on Mushrooms. And then there was the one, after that later in the game, I think it was maybe in the fourth quarter when they were really just hawking shit up to try and just get something going. Patrick Mahomes gets hit. Or maybe maybe he was running and he jumped. It's hard for me to remember this shit. I got to go back and watch it again. Maybe he was running and he jumped. But I noticed the ball released out of his hands while his shoulders were lower to the ground than his feet. We are watching human evolution take place right before our very eyes on live television, man. How can you not get excited about that? I mean, that was so fucking crazy to me. And, uh, you know, I'm jumping in the air just thinking, this is fucking so cool, you know. Um, congrats to the Bucks fans, man. That That is really, really good shit. I love when the underdog wins, and uh, I don't really feel that bad for Kansas City because they're going to be back. They've got an amazing team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, for my money, is is the most valuable quarterback in the NFL right now, so... So I hope that was interesting for people. I know that people don't love when I talk about sports on the show, but I mean, that was insane and I had to share it and uh, big shout out to my cousin and his girlfriend for (laughs) dealing with that. I love you guys. You made it a good time. Um, I mean, what else happened in that game? Tony Romo had a piss spot and I'm upset that people were calling him out for it. All right, ladies, I get it. I get it. You don't understand the piss spots, all right? You you wipe when you when you take a piss. And I'm sorry that it's vulgar, but it's just the truth. We don't. It's just kind of like you shake off, and then every once in a while, it just there's just like two more drops in there, and it makes it look like you actually pissed when in reality, you shook off for thirty seconds, and now there's a just a drop on your pants, and it comes out the worst with khakis, really, or whatever those were. I don't fucking know clothes, but. It comes out the worst like that. And everybody's like, oh, did Tony Romo piss himself? It's like, no, dude. The guy's got to sit there for a long time without taking a break and, and go piss. And then when he does get to go piss, he's probably got to shake off really fast. So give the man a break. I love Tony Romo, dude. I didn't like him for so long, and I realized that's the internet's fault. He is awesome. The only thing he did, played hide and go seek at his at his bachelor party, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna forget about that, okay? He has earned his spot as my favorite announcer. I love listening to those dudes. It's great. Um, bum 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 bum. That's about all I got on the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know what else to talk about. I guess there was been some 
fun stuff happened at the hotel. That's been interesting. Uh, <laughs> where do we start? Let's see. We got one here. I come in. And you guys remember Billy from episode two? Billy's a good guy, man. He really is. He means well. Um, I think there might... And I'm saying this. I have mental health problems, okay? I think he might have a mental health thing going on, which, I, again, I am not at all making fun of here. But the guy also just can't chill. Like, anything he says, you know how animated I get about shit? Imagine double that, bro. <laughs> Can you imagine double that? I'm already so annoying that I just, like, I hear myself speak on some of these, and I'm like, hey, bud, relax just a little bit. And this guy, man, he's at 10 at all times. So, <clears throat> um, he's talking to me about this dude that he saw in the night before. So basically, in room blah, 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 there was a gay threesome happening. And this guy that I'm talking about, Billy, is gay. Very gay. Which I respect. Very gay. Um, but he saw something that day that was so gay, it even shook him. <laughs> this dude came down, and I didn't see this. I have to say, you know, for the purpose of telling the truth, which I try to do on this podcast, but I wasn't there for this. It was just funny how worked up he was. This guy from the gay threesome in room blah 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 comes down in Lululemons, the pants... And a tank top. And guess what the tank top said? Are you ready? The tank top in big white letters said, Come in me, bro. You heard that correctly. Come in me, bro. I can't figure out if I hate that or respect the fuck out of it because there's two angles that I look at it from. I look at it as me walking down the street and seeing, seeing some dude in that shirt and going, that's hilarious. I needed that laugh. That guy is comfortable with who he is, and I respect that. But also I think about it from the perspective of if I had two little kids and they're walking and they just learned how to read, so they're reading everything, and they ask you, Daddy... What is coming, me bro? <laughs> Daddy, what is coming, me bro? Like, I would be like, ah, that fucking piece of shit. <laughs> so there's two sides to it, man. I feel like I'm going to be a lot less of a fucking jackass if I ever have kids. I don't plan on it, but when I do, I'm going to start being like, hey, you just get it together, buddy. <laughs> like that. <laughs> But I had, like I said, I had some respect for the guy, and then he hit up Billy on Grinder, which I had no idea you could just be like, hey, this says you're 13 feet away. Uh, are you trying to come fuck? That's what he did to Billy. I was like, are you serious, man? Uh, that's not cool. <laughs> like, that would make me so uncomfortable. Shout out to Billy. He's a soldier, man. <laughs> I... I, that would piss me off. Be like, hey, you, want, you trying to come fuck? No, I'm at work, asshole. You look like... You look like the older brother. This guy... The dude that was, I think, the top. I think he was the top. He looked like... Kevin McAllister's brother in Home Alone. Which was so funny to me. <laughs> it was so great. The threesome was, was a giant black dude. Kevin McAllister's brother and a twink from L.A. 
That's so hilarious. And again, I'm not trying to be... I don't know if saying twink is offensive. I, I love gay people. I'm not trying to do that at all. It's just very funny to me. Um, what else happened? Ugh. There's this guy, one of these regulars. You know, regulars at hotels literally consider themselves royalty. It's crazy. Um, this dude asked us if we could make him oatmeal in the morning instead of give him our bag breakfast. The company I work for is paying so much to get these bagged breakfasts. It costs a lot of money because you're handing out five items to every guest every morning. And this dude, it's not enough for this person. This adult can't deal with it. Okay, he can't deal with the regular bagged breakfast, so he has to have his own? How do you look another man in the eye and go, can you make me breakfast in the morning? <laughs> and I made it for him, and the dude complained about it. He couldn't believe that we didn't have a complete oatmeal bar set out for just him. I told him, I was like, well, oatmeal isn't part of the breakfast. We, we just bought this to make you. And he goes, so there's no more oatmeal? And I was like, I think we're getting more, but it won't be here tomorrow. And he goes, I was told there would be more oatmeal. And I'm just looking at him like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You're going to be this much of a cock over oatmeal? It's crazy. It's, it's people that have never, ever in their life had to work for the service industry. Because they, they don't get it. I mean, just the other day, dude, I went and got a couple of gyros gyros whatever the fuck they're called uh from this greek place down the street and um it was delicious bro but i paid 10 bucks for two gyros and they only gave me one now was i very angry about this when i got home walked all the way home and realized fuck there's one gyro in here this was ten dollars i'm a broke fuck i don't have the money yes Am I going to go back there and get an employee over in trouble over $5.43? No. I'm not going to fucking do that, dude. And if you do that, you're a pussy. Anytime that you order from DoorDash or you get takeout, you're taking the risk. And if you don't check before you leave, that's on you, dude. These people are working their balls off to try and keep up. And it's just going to happen every once in a while. Every once in a while, you're just going to lose. You're just going to lose. <sighs> I don't know where anywhere else to go with this. Respect service workers. Respect Patrick Mahomes. Respect the mushrooms, dude. And shut the fuck up about Wall Street. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh. Thank you guys for listening. I'm glad I got this done, man. Uh, you've been listening to Joey Hates Everything. My name is Joey Capuana. <laughs> Have a good fucking day, man. <laughs>